this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Well, the story I'm about to read with you is known as the first Christmas carol ever sung. It's a passage called Mary's Song, or in Latin, Mary's Magnificat. Pregnant Mary is going to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who also finds herself expecting at her advanced age. The scriptures tell us that Mary spent some time there at her house. Why did she go? Scripture never really tells us. Did she need to be around another woman who was going through the same experience? Did she just need to get out of Dodge to flee from the rumors about her? She's only engaged after all. Mary goes to Elizabeth's house, and our passage covers this greeting between the two women. They're beautiful words, powerful words. In fact, Uh, These words have been sung in worship since Christians have been celebrating Christmas. The interesting thing about this particular passage, it has a unique history because when Martin Luther, uh, with his Protestant Reformation, his mission in part was to get scripture into the hands of the people, not just the priest reading it in Latin and people not understanding what it says and the priest being the one to interpret it to the people. His mission in part was to have people read scripture and hear worship in their own vernacular. And the thing about this is that when Martin Luther translated the Bible into his own German language, he left this particular passage in Latin, and it was pure politics for him. He was afraid that the powerful and the rich who were supporting his movement would be offended by what they read, scandalized if they heard what Mary says today. So as I read it, I just invite you to listen carefully to why it must have seemed so threatening to some. It's in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 39 that I will read today. It says, In those days Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. 
He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Where does Mary get this courage? Scattered the proud, brought down the powerful from their thrones, lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry, sent the rich away empty. It's a song about God's faithfulness. It's a song that is the dream of anyone who has ever longed for something, a full belly, a seat at the table, for justice, for mercy, to not be forgotten. And Mary is singing of God's mercy and faithfulness, especially to the people who feel like life has left them behind. They are beautiful, powerful words. And here she is, as a woman in her time and place where everything was dictated to her, her role was set in life, and now she is expecting an unwed mother, and she would have definitely been ostracized for this, and she could have very well lost her life. But she dared to believe what the angel told her. She dared to trust that God was doing a new thing without even getting to see the final chapter yet. Now, if I were in her shoes, I would have tried to insist that the angel go outside and make a big announcement to the whole town so we've got it all covered. Or maybe a little billboard out there to say, this is God's work, nobody worry about this. Um, At the very least, maybe a contract between them that she could know for sure that nothing bad was going to happen to her. This is risky. Mary is daring to trust that God will not fail her, and she doesn't know what's going to happen. She doesn't even have the child in her arms yet. She doesn't know if her fiancé is going to stick around, and here she is singing about God's faithfulness. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He's looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant, and surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Where does that come from? You know, the day after Thanksgiving, I did what I think every good and faithful American should do, and I laid on the couch and watched movies and ate leftovers. You shall not find me elbow to elbow with anyone at 6 a.m. at Walmart the day after Thanksgiving. That does not sound like a good time to me. And I watched Wonder Woman, the new, newish Wonder Woman, not the sequel, that came out a few years ago. And the thing about Wonder Woman that you probably well know is the whole movie, people are underestimating her. They, maybe because of, of her gender or her age, they just keep underestimating her. But meanwhile, the whole time, you know that just underneath her coat... She's got that magical golden lasso, and she's an Amazonian woman, and she can take them all, and she she beats all the bad guys, and she brings about world peace, and I just totally ate it up the whole time. But the thing about Wonder Woman, 
or any of these superheroes, is that knowing about their stories probably doesn't make any of us any more courageous in our lives, because I'm guessing you're probably golden lasso free right about now. But in scripture, it's different. In this story, it's so different, because what we see in this story is common, everyday people. Some of them poor, some of them outcasts, unwed, outsiders, rough and tumble shepherds, wise men, foreigners from the east, old Zechariah and Sarah, unwed Joseph and Mary, and all of them in their own ways find courage to dare to believe that God would not fail them, that God was at work in the midst of the world and in their own lives. One of my favorite quotes about faith, and it's one I have quoted to you all time and time again because I want you to know it. And Frederick Binkner said it. He defines faith as whistling in the dark. That's what Mary is doing. She's whistling in the dark. She doesn't know what's going to happen yet. She doesn't even have this baby in her arms. She doesn't know the end of the story, and she's daring to trust now. She's daring to believe that God has got this. You know, this week on social media, I was reading an article about death and dying, a real fun topic at the holidays, but that's what I was, I was reading this article about death and dying, and after I finished the article, I noticed someone had left a comment that just really struck me, and the comment said, every funeral I ever attend is for my sister who died at 19. And I thought about that, the way, the truth of those words. Every funeral I ever attend is for my sister who died at 19. Struck me how it speaks to the way grief works and weaves its way throughout our entire life. And it occurred to me that sometimes we can miss what courage really looks like because it doesn't come in the form of magical golden lassos. It can look like a middle-aged sister still showing up, still lighting candles for the grief that she carries in her heart. Courage looks like that. I remember a man in my church who was in the hospital years ago and um, it was quite serious. He was very sick, and they had found a cancer, and they needed to operate right away because of where it was. And the surgery was quite risky, and they really weren't certain of what they were going to find. And the surgery was the very next day, and I went to see him, and I happened to be there while his two adult children were there, just the two of them. And I was starting to get ready to pray, and he stopped me before I prayed, and he said, um, Pastor, I, I need you to pray for my kids. Don't pray for me. I am at peace with whatever happens. My life is in God's hands, and I trust that, and I know that. So right now, I need you to pray for my kids. Courage comes in many forms. And today, church... Today, it looks and sounds like a girl from the Middle East 
daring to trust that God is at work in her life, daring to believe that God will use her. And I don't know what all you are carrying into this holiday season. Maybe you're feeling a bit stressed or frantic or rushed. Maybe you have a mountain of worry. Someone called this time the uh, season of amplification, which I thought was perfect. The season of amplification, because here's the thing, all the stuff that we carry every other day in our lives, it just feels heavier and harder at the holidays. All the regret, all the grief, all the worry, all the brokenness of fractured relationships, all the loneliness, all of it can feel harder and heavier to carry at the holidays. And if right now that feels like you, then I hope you will give yourself a whole lot of grace and mercy as you navigate these days. And if you happen to know, and I think we all do, know of someone that we're quite certain is probably having a really hard time these next few weeks, reach out, text them, Call them, email them, send them a card. Let them know that you are praying for them. Help them to know that they are not alone. And when you, when you need a reminder of what courage really and truly looks like, remember this girl from 2,000 plus years ago who faced the weight of the world on her shoulders and dared to believe that God would not let her go. So keep whistling in the dark, because the light is coming. Amen. <laughs>